0: Listen to the C to of Movies. My name's Colin. I'm the C. Joining me as ever is Zijan the Zed. Hello, Zijan.
1: Hello. You were on holiday last week, couldn't you, Colin?
0: I got back today, in fact.
1: Where did you go? Where did you go? Share with our listeners who may not have the chance to ever go on holiday
0: ever again. I went down to Cornwall, um, which now this is, this is a bone, bone of contention for me. So a lot of people refer to going on, on holiday within the UK as being a staycation. Uh, I don't do that. I think going on holiday in the UK is going on holiday in the UK. A staycation is when you stay at home, uh, in my view. Who says
1: that going on holiday in the UK is a staycation? Uh,
0: my friend Rob, for example. It seems to be quite a common thing, I guess, because people tend to go on ho- holiday abroad more than I do. I don't go abroad very often. Mm, um, that's true. So, uh, so I, yeah, most of my holidays in the UK. Yes, yeah, Simon and I, my brother, uh, went to Corzand um, in Cornwall, in a little uh, ah. a little fishing bit. Well, I guess a fishing bit. I didn't see any fishing. Very little fishing, but I'm assuming all the little Cornish villages started off as fishing villages, um, which was very pleasant. I guess got, got back uh, today in the in the wind and the rain, ready to uh, to do a podcast. Hmm. Um, Did you have a Cornish pasty at least? Of course, I had uh, two Cornish pasties. I had lots of chips. Um, I didn't have a... Stolen by seagulls? No, I didn't. No. No, you're not having a proper Cornish experience. No, I suppose really not. I mean, it wasn't very nice weather most of the time, so we ate these things indoors mostly. But uh, Simon was very excited to find some battered halloumi nearby, and uh, I I ordered dirty fries. Which um, I've discovered that my accent is not one that the phrase "dirty fries" sounds believable in. I think I sound a bit too posh to order dirty fries. (laughs) But uh, so I got a slightly quizzical look, but they were lovely. They were very nice. So that's my reckon. If you're ever in the court, actually, uh, a bit of a bit of a history and geography lesson, Um Kingsand and Corseand mm-hmm. are basically the same place, but one of them used to be in Devon and one of them used to be in Cornwall. They're kind of the, the little villages split down the middle. Uh, uh-huh. So technically, this was in Kingsand rather than in Korsand, that we got the I uh, got the dirty fries, but I ate them in Corseand. Today we're talking about the uh, the trial of the Chicago Seven, uh, the latest Netflix film. Um, it's written and directed by Aaron Sorkin. Uh, We're looking at the films of Ryan Reynolds. We've got a quiz on the Sean Connery, James Bond films. And we have much, much Much more. more. Uh, We start, as we always do, Zijan, with uh, the movie news of uh, of the period. And uh, what movie news have you got for us?
1: So the first bit of news uh, is that Gal Gadot will be playing Cleopatra Mm. in a Patty Jenkins movie, causing lots of controversy, per usual, of whitewashing, given that Cleopatra was Egyptian. And Gal isn't. She's Israeli to begin with.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, although, a bit more in geography and history. Uh, I, I was, I've was yeah. read as much of this as I could bear. Uh, <laughs> and there was some suggestion that Cleopatra, in fact, was not Egyptian. She was Ptolemy. P-T-O-L-E-M-Y, which is a thing I don't know yeah. what that means. But it, yep. basically something Arabic. <laughs> <laughs> look, look at us giving history lessons. Here you go. You can take that to the bank so there's some suggestion that, in fact gal Gadot is probably not significantly different looking to how cleopatra may have looked
1: well I, i've not seen any of the cleopatra films that have has been out not even carry on cleo not even carry on cleo oh, the another one first this the like a cleopatra film that i would
0: watch do you know the carry-on films nope um i've not i've never any, never seen any of them but they're uh, they're kind of a british staple of basically um saucy humor Lots of doublon tons were in your endos and stuff. Um, and they did a whole range including uh, well carry on carry on Cleo was about Cleopatra they did uh, ones about Henry VIII they did one about Julius Caesar carry on Sergeant carry on Doctor carry on Matron carry on up the Kai, but there's all sorts. All sorts.
1: I think Cleopatra's story is one of those that gets muddled with what is fiction and what's non-fiction mm, doesn't it? Mm. Uh, especially since um, Shakespeare has written about her as well and yeah yeah, um yeah, I, I do get her history gets very muddled between what is actually real and what actually isn't. And I'm not sure whether this film is going to be a proper homage to the real Cleopatra or doing a mix of Yeah.
0: Each. I I don't know. Yeah, we'll find out I guess. I, I, I say I, I I can't get into the whole outrage thing. I'm too I'm too old to get outraged now as The rest of my rest of my life will just be a, a mellow acceptance of all that comes (laughs) um although i said that i'm still a year younger than you as we speak still (laughs) Um, still, not for long not for long but still uh still not in fact this is is maybe our last podcast about that is the case Um, it is yeah um but i will enjoy it well well, unless i ask for us to record early next time just to just to get in under the wire um so that's where we are the uh Let's see if they get the same outrage when they cast Mark Anthony and see if he's Italian or not. Wow. Gal yeah. I think, is wonderful as Wonder Woman. No pun intended. Uh, I've not really seen her or anything else, I don't think.
1: Um, She was in Wrecking Ralph 2. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she probably had a voice for that. And she's going to come up in the Death on the
0: Nile. Death on the Nile. Obviously, she was in one or more of the Fast and Furious. Yes. But, uh, yeah. I. I think she's great as Wonder Woman. I don't know whether. I don't know whether Cleopatra is in her is in her range, but let's We'll find out as well. But
1: Wonder Woman has a reality to her as well, right? That Cleopatra.
0: Does. Yeah, I think what we we've, we've seen more kind of a um, she does have that to so. I think we've seen more of the kind of the wide-eyed naivety type, role, certainly in the first film. In, in Justice League, less so. Um, so yeah, could could be great. Could be great. Mm. Uh, don't look up. A film that I have talked about briefly on here before. Um, it's going to be written and directed by Adam McKay. McKay, McKay, one of those. Um, and we know more about the cast list. And let me tell you, it is a phenomenal cast list. Uh, we have Leonardo DiCaprio, Meryl Streep, Timothy Chalamet, Jennifer Lawrence, Jonah Hill, Kate Blanchett, Ariana Grande. <laughs> um himish patel kid kudy Zijan our favorite uh guest star from, <laughs> from bill <laughs> and Ted, <laughs> uh and the great and wonderful matthew perry uh an actor that i'm what on, a cast uh it is a phenomenal cast which so anna mckay the, the chappie behind uh the big short most famous i think yeah and it does make me think are these all going to be kind of almost um vignettes like kind of subplots that don't tie up. So, I mean, if, if these actors are all in the same cast, like, on sharing screen and stuff, that's phenomenal. But if, and it still sounds great, but my, my guess is we're going to get one scene, or at least one storyline that's, I don't know, Leo and Jonah Hill or something, and then we'll get another one that's got Meryl Streep and Jennifer Lawrence and whatever else, and rather than a big overlap. I don't know. Oh. Well, that is a very good cast, I have
1: to say. And it's been a while since I've seen Jennifer Lawrence in anything. Yeah, she's taking a bit of a break, has not she? Um, oh,
0: she is. But yes, it's about... Um, I think meteorologists are trying to persuade the world that a meteor is about to hit or something like that. Ah. Uh, so it's uh, it sounds like it could be funny. And I can't wait to see Meryl Streep and Matthew Perry face off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is Matthew Perry going to play an engineer who they'd have to send up to, to destroy the meteorite?
0: My guess is Matthew Perry doesn't have a huge role in this. <laughs> um, I love Matthew Perry, but I, if I were a director and I was choosing whether to give a bigger heart to Leo or Jennifer Lawrence or Meryl Streep or Matthew Perry but I think <laughs> most people will go for one of the others. Yeah, fair enough yeah, no, no, I don't think we know anything about who's playing what yet I don't think
1: so um, the Furiosa movie which was the spin-off of Mad Max mm. has casted Anna Taylor-Joy as the lead uh, who will be because so Furiosa is the prequel to Charlize Theron's character um, in the Mad Max uh, mm. The, the last film of Mad Max, really. Sure, um, yeah. yeah, and Anna Taylor Joy is obviously up and coming. She's an up and coming star. She's,
0: she's great. It is all happening for Anya Taylor Joy this year. She, it, it is, said. it really
1: is. Um, it is her
0: year. So we saw um, her in, in Emma. Did you see Emma?
1: Yes. I didn't see Emma, but we saw her in a new movie. She's the new movie. She's yes. in a TV series on Netflix about chess.
0: The Queen's Gambit, yeah, looks good. Mm. Looks really good. I've not started it yet, and it came out today, I think. Maybe yesterday. Uh, she's, going to, she's, just, she's going to be in Edgar Wright's latest uh, film, Last Night in Soho, which would have come out this year if it weren't for COVID. But that has been pushed back to next year. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's all happening. It's all happening. Doing lots of things.
1: Yeah, um, Charlize Theron was actually nominated for an Oscar for the role. So was she? Yeah, um, I could I couldn't remember that as well until yeah. <laughs> it was brought up. So it it's a potential. Uh, and not only that, you we have other cast members as well. There's uh, Yahya Abdul Martin. Who who is going to be in uh, The Trial of Chicago 7, uh, which we'll discuss later.
0: Yep, I think he already has he was
1: been. i <laughs> oh, seen it. Yeah, who <laughs> was in Black Adam as well. And Chris Hemsworth has also joined the cast. I, I was in Black
0: Adam, I didn't, I'd forgotten that. Uh, yep. Yeah, no, and, and George Miller um, back to, to direct. I Have you seen Fury Road? I've seen my max Fury yeah. Road. I know you don't like it. No, I wasn't a fan. I, just, uh, I know critically adored, commercially adored. Everyone seemed to love this, but I just found it really boring. Um, they just yeah, drive across the desert and then drive back again so not, yeah not for me not for me I, I mean I might watch this. one depending on how I say I'm, I'm a fan of any Taylor Joy and depending on how it goes down I suppose hmm.
1: she- oh I'm going to correct myself now before I correct myself in two weeks time okay. but it was <laughs> Aquaman he plays a Black Adam ah,
0: yes. That's why the Black Adam confusion Right yeah. I was going to say I, I don't know whether you've been Given a sneak release uh, <laughs> Early preview of Black well, Adam Which I don't think Has started I, filming yet but, um, <laughs> Well They're filming on my back door Colin Oh wow Okay mm-hmm. uh, Could you get the Rocks autograph For me Yeah I can No problem Fantastic Oh yeah. uh, dear um, uh, rocky and Phoenix Is going to be uh, Reteaming with Ridley Scott uh, For the first time Since Gladiator uh, to play Napoleon in a film called Kitbag, which uh, is not what I'd have called my Napoleon biopic. I would probably have called it Napoleon, to be honest. Um, what would you call a Napoleon uh, biopic, CJ? Bonaparte. Bonaparte. That's pretty good, actually. That's pretty good. Um, well, anyway, he's calling it Kitbag. I don't think we know much about that other than Wacking uh, Phoenix uh, goes from strength to strength. He doesn't always pick the most um, commercially obvious roles, but no. uh, Obviously, Joker did very well. Got made a billion dollars, but uh, this this sounds like it would be a popular film. I mean, it's got mm. a, a very popular director. It's got a big star. Uh, it's about a guy that people have heard of. Well <laughs> yeah. in Phoenix has quite a range,
1: though, to be honest. So, if anyone can do it, it would be him.
0: Yeah, I could see him wearing the funny hat and <laughs> sti- funny hats, sticking his yeah. hand in his jacket. That was Napoleon, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good. You see like, this is a t- today it's definitely a history podcast coming up Cleopatra it's, and Napoleon. Today's episode is a, a history masterclass. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, something that's not historical and I uh, mentioned earlier is Black Adam has a new cast. Oh yeah, is it uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen? No, it's not Yahya Abdul-Mateen. It's uh, Sarah Shahi who will be starring opposite Dwayne Johnson. Um, she's most likely going to be his love interest. Uh Okay. In, uh, in the film uh, She's mostly been in TV So you probably Wouldn't have recognised Her oh, I don't recognise
0: the
1: name uh, No Yeah Sarah Shahi um, Was she in Game of Thrones spec- No Not in Game of Thrones yeah. No, everyone's in Game of Thrones was, I don't was, think she's even it was, British
0: She was worth a stab though, wasn't it? <laughs>
1: it was Yeah Um So the speculation that she could be playing Adriana Thomas in the comic books. She's a love interest of Black Adam who happens to be a reincarnation of Isis, the Egyptian goddess.
0: I think they might change the name for
1: that. Possibly, yeah. But it's just that, uh, yeah, because um, um, Black Adam does have some, uh, you know, he comes from this Egypt uh, called Khagdat. So they have quite a lot of uh, Egyptian mythology baked into it. Yeah, as well. So him, uh, her being a I- reincarnation of ISIS is not
0: improbable. Are oh, there any Ptolemy so. characters?
1: <laughs> we may see Gal Gadot there again. <laughs> in fact, we may,
0: may well see Gal Gadot. I suppose if they're doing a crossover, once we get yeah. the the next Justice League or whatever. It is. That's true. In fact, yeah. speaking of the next Justice League, um, the Snyder Cut. I'm sure mm-hmm. at one point we were in. We were told that they weren't filming anything new. They were just doing additional dialogue. Uh well that turns out to be nonsense. Um because <sighs> Jared Leto Jared Leto Jared I, would, I can never remember sorry, let's say Jared Leto Um will be reprising his role as the Joker in uh, The Snyder Cut, which I don't believe he's filmed for yet. Um or if he has he's kinda about to do some more filming. And to be honest, I'm not the world's biggest Jared Leto fan, but I quite liked his Joker. I don't think he was well served necessarily in, yeah, in Suicide Squad by film, but I kind of, I like this idea of he's just kind of this basically a mob boss who who's every now and again will just come tip over the edge and everyone is terrified of him because they never know when he's going to snap. I thought that was a nice portrayal of the Joker, uh, so I, I don't mind seeing him again. But that being said, I have no idea where he fits into this story.
1: This, this is one of um, Zack Snyder's problem Of editing again Isn't it mm. uh, He he has a lot of story That he needs to fit in Like Good good enough That he, this is not going to be Like a proper film It's going to be Add over how many episodes I think it's
0: four uh, Four one hours is it Something Yeah like.
1: So he must be pleased about that So he can just write As much as possible But he does have An editing problem And that's why Part of the reason why You know Justice League I know a lot of it Is not him mm. uh, But You know he he just can't possibly fit everyone's character arc in a two-hour film and yeah, yeah he just needs to learn how to make his stories short and sweet yeah. i mean assuming
0: i mean it feels almost like Zack snyder, Zack snyder basically wants to do everything he ever had planned with the dc universe all yeah. in this thing is like because the basic plot of justice league um being the you know the battle trying to try get all these mother boxes and and then Justice League are trying to stop them where does the Joker the Joker isn't a character who's going to want to help people collect Mother boxes or anything is it so no and and I can understand again if it was a small part of you see a bit of him fighting against Batman but unless Jared Leto reckons he's going to get more films off the back of this it just seems such a I mean uh, I think there's much more to this whole Snyder Cut than we've been told than meets the eye it feels Uh. almost like a new film or a new series you
1: see right like I, I wanted to watch it after seeing the trailer but mm. now after this it's like uh, more ambivalent than before
0: yeah, I mean I definitely want to watch it but it's more out of intrigue than than expectation I guess there's just it's such a weird uh, well, weird project got any more
1: mm. uh, yes so I was hoping you'll cover this only
0: because I forgot how to pronounce her name All oh, right.
1: So don't thi- we have a new cast member to Doctor Strange
0: Okay, I don't think I have anything listed here for this So no, I'm sorry gonna... And
1: uh, Multiverse of Madness uh, And she is from the Netflix Babysitter's Club uh, I'm going to apologise you, Very much in advance okay.
0: because you are doing the editing. Her, you can fix it her, <laughs> No,
1: I can't <laughs> I can't, but her name is X-O-C-H-I-T-L X-O-C-H-I-T-L,
0: X-O-C-H-I-T-L.
1: Yes Zochtil. Uh, oh, okay. The thing is I actually went on YouTube To see how it was pronounced <laughs> And I completely forgot about it By the time this podcast came out So I, I do apologize the once um, But she's going to be joining Doctor Strange And the internet went uh, Crazy Because they think She might play America Chavez Who? Um, so which i know i'm <laughs> bringing up it's so she's quite a relative new new character in the marvel universe she was introduced in 2011 okay she was uh, she's raised by two mothers in a utopian pocket dimension her moms appear to die closing black holes that threatened the city inspired by this she abandoned her reality to join the multiverse so she's not part of the actual current universe she's part from a different universe altogether okay Uh, Her powers are flight strength and durability, quite standard ones, Um, but she can also create star portals that allow people to jump between realities, which would form part of the Doctor Strange story and would help your whole uh, Spider-Man... The
0: whole Spider-Verse theory. (laughs)
1: Spider-Verse theory as well, yeah. Lots of portals that allow people to jump between realities that has one of those powers.
0: Uh, Are you still using the pop filter, by the way? I am okay. It just sounds a bit more poppy. Mm. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, I, on my list of news, I did put Spider Verse all in capitals with two exclamation marks. But um, again, uh, but, I mean, I don't know what you, you seem to get bored of it. But anyway, the um, some various incredibly unreliable sources were saying that Tobin Maguire and Andrew Garfield are signed up. But yes, um, very unreliable. It's just sources. one bloke who previously got kicked out of a different thing for allegations of um, uh, sexual harassment. So it's not someone I necessarily want to. <laughs> Uh, pin too much hope to. Uh, there's also been an equally unsubstantiated suggestion that, uh, that Tobey Maguire has signed on for three more. Uh, even though I would love to see more of them, I don't think I believe that they've got any sources to go on. So, whatever. Uh, but i tell you what is happening, Zeejian. What is guaranteed. Uh, it's more Disney Plus stuff. Um, it is the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special, um, which is coming to Disney Plus on November the 17th. Uh, a good month before Christmas. Uh-huh. Um, are you at all aware of the Star Wars holiday special? No,
1: I didn't know it existed. <laughs> I'm quite I'm just as surprised as you are.
0: Yeah, well so the the LEGO one is news, but the Star Wars Holiday Special is um is a bit of a uh, a, a sore spot in Star Wars history. So it was I think it was I I can't remember if it was between the first I think it was between the first and the second films. So um sometime around I don't know about nineteen seventy nine or something, I think. Uh, yeah, that's I think that's right, um, and uh, and there's this whole like Christmas special for Star Wars, and it was set around Love Day, um, which is a a celebration that um, the Wookies have. So um, it was all about Chewbacca getting back <laughs> to his family to celebrate Love Day. Aww. Um, and his his family, none of whom spoke English, obviously, because they're, they're Wookies. Um, so the the opening I felt. But a good 10 minutes or so is just them talking to each other in chill. <laughs> um, anyway, I i tried to watch it once and didn't get very far. And then I watched it with some commentary from some guys on the internet. um I got most of the way through, but it's unutterably terrible. uh It's I've never been officially released, other than it. it's just people record it off the TV and all this. Um, but it's basically a variety show. So the with with very little to do with Star Wars. So the, one of these Wookiees just watches a TV cooking show. Uh, they watch some dancers. They watch a band. I think Jefferson Airplane, maybe? Um, they do some singing. It does feature very small performances um, from, uh, well, yeah, Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford. Um, I think Anthony Daniels was C-3PO. But it, it's just so, so bad. So this is a bit of a... Um, is a little a little dig I think a little humorous reference to the worst Star Wars thing ever made um, so I I think this will be fun because Lego I think they'll they'll poke some fun at it. Um.
1: So I love the Lego movies. Um, I don't care for Star Wars.
0: So okay. Yeah. So the, the references might be lost. But do you, Boba Fett's first appearance was in the Star Wars Holiday Special in animated form. So we've got. Yeah, we've got I, but...
1: I know I know these people. Calling like I I don't care just because I don't care for Star Wars yeah. doesn't mean I don't know.
0: You, you didn't know that Star Boba Fett's Wars. first appearance was an animated form. Of I, know, I didn't know that, but I didn't know who Boba Fett is. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah but if, you've, if you if you if any of our listeners manage to make it all the way through the Star Wars Holiday Special um, get in touch and I will give you 20 pence <laughs> what a scrooge <laughs> <laughs> hey I'm not making money
1: <laughs> <laughs> um just uh, some other streaming um, services news Because most films are now on streaming services Given COVID, etc et uh-huh. Jamie Foxx is set to star in a Netflix Vampire Hunter comedy called Day Shift oh, yeah. um, The director is untested uh, It's a guy called JG Perry who was more, is more well known for being a stunt coordinator hmm. um, Nothing much is known about it It's uh, a hardworking blue collar dad Who wants to provide a good life For his quick-witted 8-year-old daughter uh, and his real job Is a friend for his real source of income Hunting and killing vampires So Jamie Foxx has been on Netflix recently With Project Power Yeah, yeah. Uh, We just have got to love it um, So yeah More Netflix news With uh, For him And then the last bit of news I have Which is also on streaming services And speaking of whitewashing earlier Scarlett Johansson Will now <laughs> be starring As The Bride of Frankenstein For a really? 24 The streaming service Hmm yeah.
0: So, so not okay. powder
1: universal, not powder universal dark universe. No. Um,
0: completely different. That's interesting. Mm. Um, so was that was that just a slight reference to Ghost in the Shell, or were you claiming that the bride of Frankenstein should be um... <laughs> No, that was a slight reference to
1: Ghost in okay, the Shell. I'm with you. I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, I will put Emma Stone and Aloha in
0: as well, but <sighs> All right. Okay. Mm. Or indeed John Wayne as Genghis Khan back in the day. Neil yeah. um, his... brainer, that's the king of Spain, our uh, king of Thai, Thailand. Yep. Um, mm. Mickey so is it Mickey Rooney, um, as a Chinese guy in Breakfast at Tiffany's. Uh, anyway, yeah. Chinese? That might not be right. Anyway, uh, this is the last piece of news for me, and uh, my friend James uh, James Cottle tweeted about this, which is where I saw it. Uh, I'm not entirely sure I believe it, um you know daniel kaluuya yes he apparently is bringing the world a dark gritty barney reboot um barney the big purple dinosaur (laughs) i love you you love me i love you you love me i i i i I, I read this on this thing that it was cracked i think that he linked to and i thought is this a spoof and i read it in a few other places so i don't know what's happening here (laughs) um it doesn't a, a it
1: dark doesn't version of Barney.
0: Yeah, I mean, who who is this film for? Um, I, I I mean, I think it's I don't think it's a kids thing. I think it's a I don't thing, but I mean, it's, it feels that like Daniel Kaluuya is just having a big joke that's gone too far here. Yeah? <laughs> um, so who knows what's going on with that? I I I, I give it to you for your for your dedication, your interest, and um, if we, I kind of want to see it
1: what a way to end this podcast like I mean it could be like a Ted kind of thing you know Ted the teddy bear yeah, um, yeah. but I, I'm not even really sure where the body is so it's still airing now um, I
0: don't, don't think so yeah, yeah. Um, i tell you what I also was was I saw this news and I thought I what was happening with that Tetris trilogy because um, that that's my the, the the most the film thing I think about the most is the Spider-Verse but the one I think about second most is the Tetris trilogy <laughs> And I looked on IMDb, and the first one uh, no longer, well, if it ever had a year, it doesn't have a year attached anymore. I don't. Oh. I, I don't think it's going to happen, Zian. You
1: must be severely disappointed. <laughs> the IMDb page what, hasn't what, been updated what? for three years. It's a... What are you going to do now, Colin? Oh, Barney the Dinosaur, clearly. Well,
0: it's going to be. Bar- it's going to be that Slinky movie, and it's going to be Barney. That's a... <laughs> Right. Um, we move on to our next segment I to see or not to see. We talk about films that we have seen. Have so you, the listener, that you should see them or not? Zed them, Zian. Mm-hmm. um have you have you been down to your local cineplex i have
1: not i've been watching mostly everything on on stream now yeah. and this time i watched this on this film on bbc i actually
0: oh yeah this
1: is man up oh
0: simon pegg yes
1: simon pegg and lake bell i'm pretty sure you've seen it before because i think you've discussed this before uh-huh i've got the dvd yeah, yeah. yeah it's surprisingly good it's surprising, surprisingly good. Like well, I went through this with a bit of trepidation. Uh, cause I did, I've i heard of it, but I, I've not heard of the reviews of mm. it, so I assumed mm. that it was going to be quite poor. But honestly, it's quite charming, really. like
0: The two leads have very, very good chemistry. So it's... Um, for reasons that I can't quite remember, maybe you can remember them, Simon Pegg and Lake Bell... Lake Bell has to pretend to be his girlfriend...
1: No not really oh. Like so Lick Bell plays A woman who was Being mistaken for A stranger's blind date Okay um, Oh yes yes. Because yes. she held The book Yeah uh, that's right Yeah We met under
0: The the clock And she <laughs> pretends That she is the, the blind date And he's like mm. He goes along with it And Spoilers And you realise They are
1: good for each other Sure
0: Yeah, yeah. I didn't love This film to be honest um, I think because I'd seen it got Quite good reviews I didn't hate it But I, I just wasn't Too charmed by it and I really I, hated um, Rory Rory Kinnear's character yes. So much
1: <laughs> me too me too like I think the film could do without that character yeah. quite a bit like and I, I was thinking for a rom-com like it's pretty decent there are some yeah. bits which are quite funny but the comedy parts there are some of them which really didn't fit well uh, in this film at all and most of them were out with Rory Kinnear's character he
0: was this really over the top former boyfriend of Lake Bell's character wasn't it?
1: not even boyfriend just stalker just really. stalker okay
0: a while since yeah. I so
1: uh, i i think i i would recommend you watching it it's, well, it's a bbc player anyway okay. so there you go. um it's it's pretty decent
0: pretty decent um i i've also been watching streaming stuff on been on netflix and i watched uh skyscraper um, that's the the rock the rock um, that's why you want his autograph that's why I want, yeah could you get into this film alone to uh, to colin you loved me in skyscraper from the rock that would be uh, that'd be great <laughs> Uh, it's it's uh, it's funny actually. when the trailers first came out I sort of thought this looks just like the Towering Inferno which is um, uh, a film from what, the 70s I guess, which is about a, a burning building they we were trying to escape from uh, and other people compared it to Die Hard with this kind of guy who's facing off against um, uh, international bad guys in a building and um, it clearly is just a rip-off of those two films uh, which the, the production company or whoever it is, f- clearly uh, realised it was getting all this press all this response, so they got The rocks to do various different like things on on Twitter and whatever else to say. Now this this film is an homage to uh, Towering Inferno and Die Hard. He just like, yeah, ripped it off, didn't you? Uh, but it co-stars the great Nev Campbell, a big fan of Nev Campbell, uh, mm. as his wife. Um, the Rock plays a character who uh, lost a leg um, in uh, in an explosion ten years before right. the events of the film, uh, and yes, the, the husband Nev Campbell and the father of two. Uh, children, one of whom looks a lot like Moana, in fact. Uh and they get trapped in a burning building and he's gotta get in there to rescue them and to stop the baddies. Um, uh-huh. it does exactly what you'd think it would do, uh in a fun way. I enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed it quite a lot actually. It's the 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 dialogue is fairly atrocious. It's full of exposition. Um there's this weird bit where they um it's set in Hong Kong it's like the tallest building in the world and he's built this floor where it's like like these computer screens effectively or kind of like basically um full full human size screens come out of the ground and kind of and just show video clips so it's basically it's like a hall of mirrors but with actual screens and there's literally no purpose this serves whatsoever um for whoever built it except that it's a good place to have a shootout later in the film of course, I'd of like, course, yeah. I can't think why anyone would ever want to go into this thing and see things on video screens at weird angles. Anyway, <laughs> uh, it's good fun. It does just what you're excited to do. And to be honest, I would watch a second one. I don't think they're going to make one. But really? I watch a, wow. I'd watch a second one. The Rock is charming. He actually does... As always. He, yeah, he does a good job. Uh, it's slightly unbelievable that fairly early on in the film he gets beaten up by this fairly uh, just normal-sized person. Like, Really? Really? <laughs> And then there's a, an evil-looking British guy um, who turns out to be evil. So. Of course, he's British, he's british That's my default. I thought, I, th- <laughs> I thought we'd moved on from the whole British guys and films are evil. Um, uh, you only wish. Yeah, you I, I do wish. Yeah. You've got some evil, <laughs> evil Scandinavians as well, so that was nice. Um,
1: there are quite a few uh, the rock films on Netflix as well. There's the one with the giant monsters. Oh, Rampage. Yeah. Yeah, Rampage. Yeah. Uh, I've not seen that yet. I've, not
0: but seen, that. I've seen it probably, being recommended to me. I, yeah, I, I saw it was on the I I hear it's not very good, but I might might give it a go. We <laughs> would like
1: the Rocky's child. Yeah, rock. And
0: I like Neff Campbell, who's not in Rampage, as far as I'm aware. No. But um but does a does a fine job. Canada's own. Um in that film. Uh right then. So yeah, uh, check that out as well. There you go, there's two things for you to watch. Uh here's another thing for you to watch the trial of the Chicago sevens. Zijan, what's it all about? Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> so, The Trial of the Chicago 7 um, It's out on Netflix right now um, It's directed by Aaron Sorkin Which you will know from the first Two minutes of this film That it's an Aaron Sorkin film,
0: is, immediately Is that the bit where it says, written and directed by Aaron Sorkin?
1: <laughs> no, it's the bit where Everyone is just talking and interjecting each other Even though they have nothing uh, Even though they have not met All the different characters are just interjecting each other mm. It's such an Aaron Sorkin thing to do mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and it stars, as aforementioned, Yaya Abdul-Mutin II, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Michael Keaton, Franklin Jella, Eddie Raitman, Mark Rylance. So quite a cast, etc, yeah, yeah. etc. Et um, it follows a group of anti-Vietnam War protesters being charged with conspiracy and crossing state lines with the intention of inciting riots at the 1968 Democratic National Convention in Chicago. So this is based on a real life story. It's a uh, law drama. Uh, it's pretty much mostly set in uh, a court. Mm. Like I think in most uh, law drama films, there's always a catch and why the reason why there's um, the need for this drama in the first place. And in this film, I think the main reason is that this the judge in this court is showed extreme significant prejudice
0: yes. for the yeah, prosecution. Yeah,
1: yeah. So the point this ultimately, this film is all about whether the defendants can prove that they are innocent in the presence of a prejudiced judge.
0: Yeah, it's, as you say, it, it surprised me actually just how much of it was in the courtroom because you you basically get into the courtroom within what, five minutes of the start, maybe maybe slightly more. But a, a lot of courtroom dramas, if you look at something like um, *A Few Good Men*, which is also Aaron Sorkin, um, yeah. or *JFK*, the, the first half is is very, um, kind of gathering evidence and finding stuff out, and then the second half is is being in court. Whereas this, the, the more or less the entire story is in court, but with with flashbacks, but um, or, or kind of interim things, because the, the trial went on for one hundred and fifty one days or something like that. It was a, a long, it's a very long, long, plot, long trial. Yeah, um, yeah, and and not. I mean, there were plentiful flashbacks, but not as many as I thought there might be. I thought it might be a kind of spend ten minutes in the trial, in the courtroom and then just do loads loads of stuff in flashback. Uh, as you say it's very very Aaron Sorkin which is great if you love Aaron Sorkin which I do um, I think he's absolutely fantastic he's, he's um, my favourite writer or, sc- or favourite film or um, screenplay writer and and so I look forward to anything that he's doing his it's, yeah. uh, second film is directed after Molly's Game which I thought was very good uh, as well the i've actually watched this twice now um have you
1: wow you must really like
0: it well it's, I, I do i do but partly because for both steve jobs and molly's game um which is last couple of films i liked them a lot more when well, i'd seen them a couple of times so i thought I huh. I i'll give this a because both of them i kind of came up thinking oh yeah that's okay was okay and then watched it again think oh this is that's really good so i thought i would um i would try and get it in twice uh, and do you work the second time was better than first yeah, I, think, I think i think i think it still works yeah i think um if if we, I mean, oh, who cares about doing this in order? I I think if I was ranking it in Aaron Sorkin films, it probably wouldn't be right at the top. There's, there's um, The Social Network is better. I think A Few Good Men is better. Yeah. Um but it's certainly um, I've mean, I've liked all his films, with the possible. i mean Malice was pretty boring, not well, or not boring, just unmemorable, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, it's it's comfortably as good as Moneyball. Uh, I'd say it's it's probably up there with Molly's mm. Game. Maybe not quite as good as Steve Jobs, but it's 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 certainly a good, uh, enjoyable time. Um, we'll come on to the reasons why I guess later. Mm. Should we should we talk cast? Um, yeah, yeah, very good
1: cast. This is it. Very 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 good cast. Um, so I've not heard of this story beforehand. Um, I don't know whether you heard of this. Uh, no, the, I didn't know about no, no. mm. Yeah, nothing at all from well. Well, given that we are all across uh the Atlantic, uh yes.
0: yeah. <laughs> makes it hard to yeah. Uh, and across this the is, across the years. Um is it, exactly nineteen sixty eight. Nineteen
1: sixty eight, yeah. This is, a, this is quite a very specific point in time in um the US history really. Hmm. Um so uh, it's very, very interesting story that um because we've not heard before, it's it, it's very intriguing. Um I, I it's like it's not one of those films that I stopped halfway or anything. I wasn't bored at any no, point
0: in time. I mean, it was it was over two hours, not much over two hours, but it was it zipped along. It's very, I mean, right right from the opening montages where they they're giving you, I mean, it gives you a little bit of of uh, context, but only really if you weren't aware that the America America fought in Vietnam. That's the yeah. main, con- I mean, and, and, and they did explain the Democratic National Convention, which I didn't know. Really much about, uh, but there's 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 no there's no lead in this film, no, nope. um, which is interesting. Um, but the the closest I would say is probably Sasha Baron Cohen, or maybe Eddie Redmayne.
1: Yep, I think they both Sasha and Eddie they they share joint leads mm. really.
0: Uh, so Sasha Baron plays uh, Abby Hoffman, is it? Mm-hmm. Abby. Actually,
1: I should wrote this down, <laughs> but I didn't.
0: All right. Uh, I'm see if, I said I watched it for the second time this evening so let's see if I can remember this stuff yeah uh, so, Eddie Rickman
1: oh go on sorry yeah
0: so he's he's a, he's basically a hippie although described as a yippie which is a young something person yip anyway he's not something I'd come across before uh, but yeah gets get stoned um, all about flower power and whatever else the kind of the, the conventional view of what the anti-Vietnam protesters are like I suppose the kind of yep. the ones that really people back up so you're saying about Eddie Redmayne? He
1: plays Tom Hayden, which who I believe is the leader of the Young Democratic Party?
0: Uh yeah, white well, something like that? Students Students, yeah. yeah. Uh yeah, playing American. I thought he did a good accent. Uh, what do I know? But he seems good. Uh, <laughs> uh, and he's he's very much not the I mean he's he's quite idealistic in some way, I suppose, but he's he's not the kind of um he, he dresses more respectfully, he gets his hair cut, especially for the trial he's yeah. not trying to antagonise the judge and you can see he's really getting riled by uh, by Abby Hoffman is it, I'm doubting is it is it Abby that's not a man's name I'm gonna well why not though I mean
1: it makes sense is it short I have no idea <laughs> I should have written this down yeah again, I'm, I'm bringing it I don't,
0: I don't just get it wrong for the entire um...
1: especially since they're based on real people
0: yeah uh, um Past. Oh, no, it is Abby Hoffman. There you go. The youth, the youth international party.
1: Ah, nice.
0: Uh, you have uh, John Carroll Lynch, who um, plays David Dellinger who's a kind of again more. He's older than most of them. He's a father. He's a, he's a Boy Scout trooper or troop leader. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of the more, uh, I guess, suburban dad side of things. And then uh, there obviously seven, so there's a few more. But uh, also, as you say, Yahya Abdul Mateen II as Bobby Steele, the the chairman of the Black Panther Party. Um, yeah. I, I obviously, I'd heard of the Black Panthers. So uh, the, the the cast is, as you say, is is very strong. We can keep going through them. But um, I think if we if we focus on those those main couple, I think Sacha Baron Cohen. He, he's he's best known, obviously, for Borat, and uh, in this country for which Addy is too. out now as well. Borat too is out. Yeah. I don't not. Mm. I'm not eager to see it but, and, and he is funny in this but it's a, obviously it's a dramatic role rather than comedy but i think i think he does a really good job other than this, the did you find the accent changed is that just me yeah his accent definitely changed throughout well. yeah.
1: <laughs> his accent definitely changed throughout well, but i thought he did the dramatic bits very well hmm. in this uh, in this film because um he could definitely you know um be very hippie-ish bit and then make him not very likeable but he's actually quite a likable character especially at the bit where he had the monologue in the end i was reading somewhere that his monologue changed accents like
0: four times in the- a so I, I thought i was to think where's he supposed to be from and i looked up and it's from massachusetts so it's, like this, it's just an american accent but yeah they wander all over the place uh but yes uh, yes he the contempt he has for the surroundings yeah. it, uh, are you, do you do you hold your government to contempt that's nothing compared to the content my government has for me um and yeah Eddie Redmayne I thought did a great job of being kind of really frustrated by everyone by his co-defendants <laughs> by the by the government by the judge
1: especially by the judge really
0: yeah and yeah so for me actually I think the judge um as played by Frank Langella, uh I I think he was the best part of this I really thought really thought it was a very strong performance as this as you say very biased uh judge I, Really uh, had that great command of the courtroom.
1: He's he's basically the antagonist of this entire film. Yeah, he yes. he's someone that you want to willingly root against throughout this entire film, and Frank did it brilliantly. Like he he's like he, all the things he, he carries himself with the authority of a judge, yeah. but you can tell like he doesn't care for this trial at all. He thinks it's like a waste of his time. Yeah, and, it, much and he, time. he has that look. Like, oh, why are you bringing me into this? Kind of thing. And, and you
0: can feel it getting away from him, um, but but yeah, still trying to to cling on. Um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt in a very kind of buttoned-down, fairly um, uh, unsensational role just kind of steely determination.
1: Pretty much uh, underused. I like it could be played by any other character because, like, I don't think his character did much no. in this film. I don't think that the real-life character did much in the film oh, right. in, in okay. real life either. Right. And I, uh, I, I think my... The, the, well, we may go, talk to the ending in a bit as well. Hmm. Um, but um, I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt, you don't need uh, such a famous actor to play such a role because you don't really do much in it.
0: No, I, n- I, did, I thought initially he was going to be kind of our point of view character, our window into this. Because the, the film starts with him kind of being given the trial... And it kind of bookends it. It ends with him, as you say, um, his response to what's going on in court, and and his, I think he has the last line, doesn't he? Or well, maybe not. The, I can't remember. the last line. It's all. Very... I thought
1: it was a weird choice of to use him as
0: a viewpoint. Yeah, and as you say, and that's not really how it ended up happening because I mean he can't be as you say, can he he can't he can't be behind the scenes with the defendants. He can't be in the no. Um, in, in the in the park in chicago where it all kicked off exactly yeah uh, so
1: i think all the parts with joseph gordon levitt in i didn't like the most because it took me out of the film quite a bit many multiple times the part in the park the part in the end Hmm. especially because it's not something i would think this person did in real life because i'm pretty sure this is not gonna happen where he just
0: bumps into the defendants and yeah, exactly yeah.
1: and I think the whole point the reason why they want to give him so much air is because he's Jason Gordon-Levitt so they want to give him a little bit more show I I I didn't get this choice the most I think that's the part that disappointed me the most about okay. his films just um, his character really because he didn't do much he doesn't add anything
0: he didn't and I thought I always thought that's why they got him because when you've got so little for a part well, that you need a really good actor to put it off um, maybe but yeah it was there was there were a few odd choices in terms of um, in, well, in terms of not having a, a a lead and looking back through social networks, Steve Jobs, um, Moneyball, I guess to a extent, um, Molly's game. There's all a clear lead in all of those. Yeah. I mean, Moneyball, I guess, I mean, it's is rapid, it, isn't it? Um, if you look at the West Wing though, which is obviously where Aaron Sorkin is is best known, there's mm-hmm. no lead actor in that uh, really. Although it became more and more Josh I think. but that's that's an ensemble. I think this is probably the first real ensemble he's done uh, since The West Wing. But yeah, it, it did make it a bit tricky. The the other thing I think is that quite often he will he will have he'll turn the tables at the end, and you'll discover the film was all about a particular thing that you hadn't really realised it was about. Yeah, um, if that makes sense. So Social Network, right at the end, where you see Jesse Eisenberg's character, Mark Zuckerberg. Um, just refreshing the Facebook page to see if his his college girlfriend will connect with him. And you think, oh, right, so this entire film is actually about being him trying to impress his old girlfriend. Um, and I thought that worked really well. Uh, Steve Jobs, right at the end, you, you kind of get told that it's all about him trying to connect with his daughter, which I don't think landed quite so well, because that's just clearly not true in real life and didn't mm. really see that in the film. And you didn't really get the same... You didn't really get that in this film. I, 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 obviously, as you say, it's about uh, the judge being biased. Mm-hmm. But other than Eddie Redmayne's character, Tom Hayden, other than he, at one point he's showing too much respect for the for the the surroundings, and then he kind of turns out his head. Yeah. What What was it? What was the the narrative journey of these characters? I guess.
1: I guess there isn't. Yeah, in terms of a film there isn't much to show really hmm. yeah I mean in in terms of like learning about character growth and everything yeah I, I don't think this is the film for that I think this is a film more for just you know showing what what happened back then
0: yeah and uh, I say I, I, I don't want to suggest I didn't enjoy it because I thought it was it was really good but I think what stopped it from me being right at the level of his best films is that yeah what for, you can tell this. You can tell the narrative, and I think that's great. And it's a great film to do that. But I think for, to get that extra more, I want to see what, how do the character? Yeah, I mean that's kind of writing one. I want to is how do the characters change, and other than and, yeah, you get a slight hint that Eddie Redmayne loses respect for his government, and and maybe Joseph Gordon Levitt does as well. But there's not much there. though. Uh, yeah. and
1: I think the, I and also the parts where they want to bring some characterization in this film as well, I don't think went very well. Okay. Like the parts where they played the tape where Eddie Rayman's character was supposedly started the riot. Mm. Immediately after he was arguing with, uh, what's his name again? Abby?
0: Abby Hoffman. Here.
1: Yeah, uh, Abby Hoffman before that. It felt so over-engineered because I'm pretty certain this will not happen in a real, in real life. Like it's, the, the parts where they, he tries to create drama for the sake of creating drama everything just feels over engineered i would just be happy for them to just show me a film about the trial and that's it yeah i don't
0: know so I, I, again that's a very sorkin thing to do is to you think it's going one way than just well this thing where he just yeah you know, where eddie raymond's character says um our our blood um and it's, it's a very sorkin thing just to tell what you think you've heard on your head but i don't th- yeah that for me i don't think it was didn't have the power it could have done and i think that's partly and i it feels, it feels weird to criticize sorkin's writing because i think it's phenomenal but you you've, you've got sasha baron cohen doing a, a kind of full minute explaining what he meant and, Yep. um you you don't have Sasha Baron Cohen and Eddie Remain in the same frame for that, which I thought was so weird not to have them, not to see the connection between them. And again, I don't often have vast numbers of thoughts about the framing of shots, but I think surely you want to have that as a two-person shot so you can see them interact with each other, as opposed to someone sitting at a table and someone sitting in a doorway, both talking about the same thing. I even quote, I, I wrote down this quote because I think it is possibly um, the worst quote that the worst line that Aaron Sorkin's ever written. um <laughs> He implies possessive pronouns and uses vague noun modifiers. That's I remember that bit. That's uh, a writer writing for writers. That's not a writer writing for an audience. Um So uh, yeah, I don't know. It's I that that that, that bit didn't land for me. Uh, Mark yeah. Rylands, though, we don't talk about Mark Rylance. He plays their lawyer. Mm-hmm. Uh I thought he was really good. Uh, me too. I'm not always convinced comm- I I hated him in uh, in Ready Player One. <laughs>
1: But to be fair, the Ready Player One is not like the best film It's not, that.
0: but he was the worst part of that film, I thought. Whereas here, yeah, again, exasperation with the judge and kind of yes. being absolutely you can see broken. his
1: mm. face just changing throughout the entire trial. Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. right from the beginning all the way to the end. Like, his facial expressions just... Uh, yeah, you feel for him. You feel for that guy so much. So
0: yeah, good subtle performance um, from him. You can see he yeah, snaps on a few occasions. Um,
1: yeah, and that's what it should be all about, though. I think uh, Aaron's talking... Just uh, the choices they made for all the all this extra dramatization for this film. I kind of, it just puts me off a little okay. bit. Yeah, it should have just been like that. All about like Mark Rydance's performances. Just the sheer slow gradual exasperation of how bad the judge is. Although yeah. one
0: one technique he used which he's used a lot before, which I really did like, um, was the kind of the, the, the multi I don't know about you, but the the multiple narratives. Um, so you get. Uh, You get Sashbranko and uh, his character, Abbie Hoffman, um, doing what he describes as not being stand-up, basically a stand-up thing where he's talking about it to people in the park. You get people Mm -hmm. retelling it in court. Um, You get discussions outside of court. And I I like this kind of multiple narratives that Sorkin does a lot. I mean, the social network was almost entirely built around those because it was all different depositions. Uh, I think he does that really well. And then the way it's edited together is so good as well. Uh, that really kind of helps to build the, the tension, I think, towards the end um, and give you these different insights because there's some, there's some clear, um, unreliable narrators along the way, which wasn't didn't lean in too hard, but uh, yeah, no, that was a strong, strong part for me. I good I don't know who edited it, but uh, it was good editing, I thought. What about Michael Keaton?
1: Yeah, yeah. He's good. He's okay. <laughs> he appeared in the middle of the film uh, just to give a testimony because he was the previous... Uh, uh, what's that? Uh, uh, Attorney General. Attorney General, yeah. Mm. Previous Attorney General. He came in to give a
0: speech. Um, he's Michael Keaton. Yeah, it was
1: good. Playing Michael Keaton.
0: It was a good stunt cast. I think you needed, um, you needed a big a big character to play that to kind of yeah. overall the courtroom. And for me, actually, that, that was some of Frank Langella's best work in, in, in the film in terms of he's been kind of domineering over this entire place is—it's is, kind of—it's his courtroom. He's making all the decisions, and then he's kind of quite obeisant, quite um, subservient to uh, to this performer, uh, Attorney General. Quite embarrassed that he might have mm. to hold him in contempt and stuff. It's good, yeah. It is good. There you go. That's uh... <laughs>
1: no, well, no, it's it's true. Yeah, like, it's true. I like. I think you should, if you have Netflix, you should definitely check it out, especially if you like Aaron Sorkin's previous works as well, because it's very. Even as as Colin mentioned right from the beginning of this review, if you like Aaron Sorkin's work, you probably will like this as well. Uh, we've yeah, I I've said the parts where I didn't like about this film, but yeah. it's a decent watch.
0: Yeah, and I say it, it, I'm not sure it's quite up there in the in the first rank, but uh, the the I don't know if you've ever seen on on YouTube this thing called Sorkinisms, and there's a couple of these, where it's uh, YouTube clips. Are, it's just um, all the different, well, Sorkinisms th- things that S- Aaron Sorkin does a lot. So different different phrases he uses, different um. Um, expressions, so not so much the kind of the walk and talk or whatever else, which I know is very associated with West Wing, but, but are phrases that come up over again. Um, so I, I kind of can't help noticing them now because I've seen these videos. <laughs> there, there wasn't huge amounts in these, but there's, there are certainly some bits. Um, was it? Uh, it amazes me that you still don't understand this. I think it's been used quite a few times. like uh, again. Um, but at one point, someone described someone else as being ensorcelled um, which is a word he put into uh, the newsroom i think it was um he up because I clearly he <laughs> likes the word ensorcelled. um so yes, if you if you've watched a lot of have i've probably watched probably watched everything he's ever done actually thinking about it you are a big fan I'm a big fan um, so you can definitely see his tics. Uh, see his his ticks yeah i think yeah i'm trying to think i've i've seen every single episode of sports night Newsroom, Studio sixty in the west wing and I've seen all his films. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have I gone through every little uh, note I've made here? I think I have. Check it out. I hope so. Check it out. Um, and maybe if you've heard of these rights before, maybe you'll be able to tell us if they're. Oh, there's one thing actually. Because um, at the end, when uh, Eddie Redmayne's character just reads out the thousands the of people, of people
1: who died yeah
0: hey i don't know if that actually happened i couldn't find any evidence it's i saw i did was look at wikipedia but still and and it's a great ending but the judge has not been slow to get marshals to stop people before exactly right <laughs> it didn't seem entirely realistic but there you go no oh well let's hope for the sake of netflix Zizhen, that the whole world is watching that film um what a great ending to that segment we move on to Active (laughs) Factor where we're talking about the films of Canadian star Ryan Reynolds
1: Ryan Reynolds most well known for two guys and a girl and a pizza (laughs) you ever seen that I have seen that
0: I saw. it showed in Malaysia I watched the first episode uh, about a month ago it was terrible
1: yeah it lasted like three seasons four seasons quite a bit yeah well you, you grew up on this did you uh, no, not not that. Friends was the heat in Malaysia okay. as well. Friends was definitely more well-received. But Nathan Fillion's in it.
0: Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, Nathan Fillion comes out in uh,
0: I... Two Guys and go, And you like Nathan Fillion. I do like Nathan Fillion. I'm not sure I can power through another episode of it, though. I, it
1: like... <laughs> I have to say, they changed their name from Two Guys a Girl and a Pizza Place to Two Guys and a Girl after they realized that the Pizza Place doesn't really serve any purpose. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of... A... I was watching... Um... <laughs> This is a complete sidetrack, which feel free to cut this out. Um, But I I watched a pilot of a TV show that Matthew Perry was in, speaking of Matthew Perry earlier. uh, And it was just, the whole premise of this thing was that the two guys lived together and one of them came back to visit them from the future. It was like him in many years in the future. And then I think by the second season, they just completely cut out the time travel future bit. It's like, okay, now it's just two guys living in this house. (laughs) You can't just change Anyway. Uh, anyway. So I've seen... I've, I may have seen 16 films for Ryan Reynolds, but some of them I'm really not sure if I've seen. or if I,
1: That's I, quite impressive. I've seen eight, I think. Okay. Do
0: you want to kick us mm. off?
1: Well, you and I both know that I'm pretty sure my... Actually, the worst film that Ryan Reynolds have ever starred in is X-Men Origins Wolverine.
0: Ooh, I've got a worse one, but I didn't finish it.
1: <laughs> um... Ryan Reynolds has starred in many, many, many comic book films. Many, many comic books. Many, book many, films. many. Yeah. He he played Deadpool in three films. Yes. Uh, Deadpool, Deadpool 2, X-Men Origins, Wolverine. and he played Green Lantern in the Green Lantern film. Did. Um and he played someone in Detective Pikachu, and that's a comic book, book as well. <laughs> Is that a
0: Isn't that a computer game film?
1: Yeah, a computer game first, I think, before it became a comic book. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so X-Men Origins Wolverine I'm pretty sure you spoke a lot about this yeah. in the past It was rubbish So I'm not gonna go through this at all It's my worst film Worse than Green Lantern Which yep. uh, a lot of people hated as well Only because of the ending Well, a lot of it is because of the ending Where there's a CGI mess And it was pretty poor But that was where he met his future wife Blake Lively because, Yeah And who doesn't love a good love story Exactly
0: I just <laughs> say I just saw Green Lantern for the first time maybe a couple of years ago And uh I actually feel quite good about it, just because of the Blake Lively thing. I think he's like, I'm prepared to forgive a lot because of uh, of, of the, the, the personal romance.
1: Exactly. Um, speaking of Green Lantern as well, Deadpool two referenced Green Lantern, which gave Deadpool two probably gave the best after credits yes, in, in any in any superhero film out there, where Ryan Red, well, Red Deadpool basically went out and killed... Pretty much all of Ryan Reynolds' bad decisions. Yeah, and <laughs> Reynolds, <but> yeah. <laughs> yes. in that, which is uh, which, is really good. I was writing down here that I, there was a point in time where I, I well, I couldn't tell between Deadpool and Deadpool Two um, apart. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember which one was had the Xbox in. Was it Deadpool Two? I think yes, Xbox yeah, appeared. Yeah, yeah. They, they kind of blurred into one. Um, But yeah, Deadpool is pretty much Ryan Reynolds playing Ryan Reynolds. (laughs) Uh, In that he the snarky, wisecrack, know it all, Um, and he's brilliant at that. And that's why Deadpool three is coming, and probably Ryan Reynolds is making lots of money from that as well. Um, Yeah, sorry, I'm taking a lot of this out from your (laughs) sixteen films, Colin. Uh, But yeah, this. These two are probably up there as one of his better films Out anyway. And we've spoken about Deadpool 2 in one of our previous reviews. I can't yeah. remember whether we did Deadpool. Probably not. Uh, uh, definitely, but yeah. no, we
0: not know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I've seen him in some terrible films. So it, it, what's amazing is how big he became without really doing any good films. Um, <laughs> so for a long time, he hadn't really made much good. Uh, so, The first thing I saw him was with a TV movie of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Um, which is a TV show I loved as a kid, um, and yeah, there was a film which I think didn't have many of the same cast. It was it was Melissa Joan Hart. Uh, anyway, he's in that briefly. Uh, a film called Dick, which uh, is a young Michelle Williams and Kirsten Dunst uh, playing the people who brought down Richard Nixon. Um, it's bad. Uh, he's in Harold and Kumar Get the Munchies, which our American friends know as Hamrul's and Kumar go to White Castle. The White Castle. Which is, yeah, we they have White Castles over here.
1: Harold Cho and Carl Penn. Mm. Do you have White Castles in Malaysia? No, definitely not. I've
0: never heard of Um, it. I don't actually remember him being in it, but that was quite fun. A terrible, terrible, terrible film called Just Friends with Amy Smart. Um, (laughs) uh, Definitely Maybe, which is a... a, Again, it's it's where I first started learning that Isla Fisher makes bad films. Um, Isla Fisher, Elizabeth Banks, and... Ooh, Rachel Vice, Maybe i don't know it's, is it rachel voice might, wow. might not be rachel voice someone else they're like which of these three people is my mother and he tells a story of how he knew them all yeah. um i feel it's not rachel voice anyway uh adventureland though is a good one um which is uh, jesse eisenberg going to work at a fairground and it's kind of kind of got this i guess it's kind of st- stoner vibe but it's this one of these kind of um lackluster teen just after school filling the summer it's a bit like um the way way back if you've seen hmm. that which is really good but yeah Adventureland line is definitely worth a watch um it's got kristen stewart i think uh, bill hader uh, and ryan reynolds is this guy he's been working there forever uh, the proposal was a really bad film with him and sandra bullock oh i forgot about that yep. that's the weird
1: one where they have to get married so that she can keep her green card that's the one she can get green c- the oh one. what a I oh, wonder. Premise. Yeah. Sandra Bullock does make some odd choices in films as
0: well. Yeah, I think that one might have won a few Razzies, maybe. Razzies, yeah. Um, there's a film called Unlikely Hero, which is also called Paperman, uh, which I actually think is is great fun. It's um, uh, Jeff Daniels is this failed writer basically, or he, I think maybe had one successful book or something, uh, and he goes off to try and write another. And Ryan Reynolds plays his imaginary uh, superhero friend, or um, well, imaginary friend, a superhero. <laughs> Uh, and he also befriends or befriends uh, Emma Stone, who's this kind of local, slightly um, uh, drifting girl, kind of well not drifting. She's just a teenager, but kind of you no know, ambition in life really. And Lisa Kudrow mm-hmm. plays his wife. Uh, I think it's good, but it got quickly destroyed. Um, I may have seen the Croods. I may have seen Selfless. <laughs> I really can't remember. Um, I saw the Hitman's Bodyguard, which was uh, not good, I think, but it's good enough to get a sequel apparently. And the one that... I don't know if I can count this as worse, because I didn't finish it, um, but it, The Change-Up, which is a body swap comedy with him and Jason Bateman, uh, huh. where Ryan Reynolds is like this cool bachelor around town, and Jason Bateman is his dad up to his arms in nappies and stuff, and they change places, and I got maybe half an hour into it. I'm pretty sure we can do a podcast on body change-up films. We could do a body, body, body swap comedy. Couldn't we? Mm. Uh, so, yeah, my, my favourite of his films is... It's going to it's gonna be one of the Deadpools. Let's just say both Deadpools. Um, both Deadpools for me as well. Let's just say Ryan Reynolds is very good at playing himself. Yeah, I, and I think the worst is probably the change-up, um, but maybe just friends. Anyway, uh, next time, instead of doing Night obviously we'll be doing a look back in Oscar, we'll be looking back at a particular um, Best Picture winning film. What are we are going to do next time for that, season?
1: <laughs> because this will be tying to our main feature for next time as well. We are going to look at the Alfred Hitchcock classic, Rebecca. Which
0: I had forgotten the one best picture. But yes, we'll be uh, we looking back at that. Um, which has given the... Give, well, let's give away now than our main topic for next time. Um, uh,
1: the new Rebecca on Netflix. new Rebecca.
0: We are watching two Rebeccas. Uh, double Becky. Uh, no. it's, it's already out. I've already seen <laughs> Which Becca is better? <laughs> which one? Well, we'll be able to decide. I've already seen this one. Actually. Have you seen it Yeah,
1: I've seen one hour of it. Okay
0: uh so that's our name topic for next time but we finished this podcast as we always do with a quiz i believe we're level for the year i keep saying that i don't know if it's true yeah we are uh, i think, I we think are. so uh and you didn't sound very happy about this but we we're going to be talking about the, the sean <sighs> james bond the sean connery james bond films uh to tie in with no time to die which would have been coming out now ish maybe uh let me kick us off to uh, mm-hmm. by asking you who directed three of the first four bond movies I don't know. (laughs) I really don't Um, know. The the correct answer is Terence Young. Good for him.
1: (laughs) Question one from me is, in book chronological order, which of Sean Connery's James Bond films
0: should be the first? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I do have all these books, but I've only ever read one of them. Uh, The first book is Casino Royale, so he didn't do that one. And then I don't know. So, um, <laughs> the only one I've read is Goldfinger, but there wasn't really any context as to how early or not it was. I'm going to say You Only Live Twice.
1: Nope, it's, that's the last one, actually. <laughs> okay. Obviously, chronologically. Yeah, it's Diamonds Are Forever. Fine. In order, it's Diamonds Are Forever, from Russia With Love, um, Dr. No, Goldfinger, Thunderball and Never Say Never Again because they're the same film and You Only Live Twice
0: cool mm-hmm. um, now we now we know that um, who played Blofeld in You Only Live Twice
1: uh, I saw this uh, how many Blofelds are there anyway Quite a few Ah. <sighs> So I won't know this. I've seen one person playing Blowfell but I couldn't remember. This is how much... (laughs) Why do you set quizzes with like seven films? (laughs) It's impossible to keep track of them. I don't know, Colin. Uh,
0: uh, Donald Pleasance. Uh.
1: Question 2. Which of the films was made into a video game where Sean Connery allowed his 1960s Bond likeness to be used as well as recorded dialogue for? Ooh.
0: I know they have been making these uh, they've been making um, uh, video games of quite a few past bombs. films. I think I've even watched a YouTube clip of, of this film, of this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that that's going to help me, I don't think. I mean, if you're going to do this, you're going to make Goldfinger, surely. It's going to be Goldfinger.
1: No, it's not. It's from Russia. We've left. Really? Yeah, it is. It really is.
0: Wow. <laughs> okay, uh, we're doing really well. Which country which contains Ian Fleming International Airport was the setting for Dr. No.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Sweden. Close. It was Jamaica. (laughs) (laughs) I think Ian Fleming spent a lot of his life in Jamaica, actually. In fact, the um, the GoldenEye... In fact, just GoldenEye was the name of his house over there.
1: Oh, yeah, I should know this. Uh, I should have thought of that. Uh, Question three. Which famous British author wrote the screenplay for You Only Live Twice?
0: Hmm, I feel like I have heard this once. Author. Author ra- yes. rather than playwright. Um, yes. For some reason I thought it was Noel Coward, but he's not an author. Um,
1: this person is very well known for writing books.
0: I see, an author who's well known for writing books. Here we go. Um,
1: so many clues, right, Colin? No, it, like, I wonder how you win all the quizzes every year. It's incredibly
0: year. helpful, because um, <laughs> it's not only an author, but it's someone who writes books. Is um, I'm trying to think of any, any authors who are around at this point, and I'm... Going completely, um, completely drawing a blank. I should know, I should know authors. Uh, who is writing? You can
1: say, I don't know. I've said, I don't know for the yeah, past, I, I, feel like, I feel like I
0: should be able to name an author. Uh, Raymond Chandler, who's not even British. Raymond Chandler, no, he's not even British. It's Rodal. I did know
1: that. Ah, he's probably one of the most famous British authors out there. He's not British, is he? Isn't he? Yes, is. I thought he was Norwegian. Is he? I need to check that now. <laughs> British novelist. All
0: right.
1: He's born in Wales to Norwegian parents. <laughs> Stop trying to check me, Colin. Negative one point.
0: <laughs> Here you go. You, I've got a feeling this would be the first point on the board, Zuzan. Question four. Uh, never Say Never Again It was a readaptation of which Sean Connery Bond title? <sighs> Thunderball. Thunderball. We have a point. Yay. If you may get this as well. If you um... add our total score, we've got zero, apparently. <laughs>
1: You'll get this as well, Colin, okay. I think. Uh who played Honey Rider, widely regarded as the first born girl uh, in Doctor No?
0: That was Ursula Andras. Yes. Well they didn't I voice her. her. Interestingly. Um who did uh, Harold Sakata, that's S-A-K-A-T-A, play in Goldfinger.
1: Uh that's uh oh that's the art art job, is it? It
0: is our job for a good
1: yay. Uh, so it's 2-1 yes, to
0: you this one to full level
1: oh for some reason I feel quite relieved that I'm actually like going to mei this game this <laughs> quiz <laughs> <laughs> question 5 which is the only film where Sean Connery's James Bond orders a martini shaken not stirred ooh ooh
0: that's a good question Um, I did look up a list of um Sean Connery Bond quotes This done, this was in it but I didn't pay attention to which film it was in if it even told me uh come on colin you got a one in seven or whatever it is chance uh i think it's gonna be diamonds are forever
1: you should just keep saying goldfinger forever, ah. Colin. it's goldfinger
0: ah. well there you go you, i won you won the um you won two to zero. Bond, uh, Two to one two to one. Zero. Oh, sorry zero yes i got that minus one i forgot about that um, well done you've put your head for the year in this very tight year uh, what are we quizzing on next time
1: I don't know what that is again like I really should check this beforehand but the Chronicles of Narnia books uh, film <laughs> I
0: don't think we've done that oh have we done that I'll check it sounds like we have yeah maybe you have I think maybe, who knows? I think maybe we have but let's, uh, who knows who knows indeed um, wow that's gone long cool uh, we'll see you for Rebecca next time
1: bye